Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Our Father in heaven, and our desire is for your kingdom to come, your will to be done in this earth of our lives as it is done in heaven. And Father, I thank you for the personal nature of what you want to do in our lives today. Lord, let the work of your Spirit move from out there to in here, from through others to through me. I sense your agenda, Lord, and I pray that you'll help myself and Sally to download it. But Lord, I pray that every person in this room will right now posture themselves to be empowered by the Word and by the Spirit. My hungry people said amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. If you can just stay for a moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, Don, can I have this one more row on? Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. I feel Father's agenda today. Thank you. Much better. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. Hey, actually, you can come and sit down. You come and, you come and receive. Praise the name of Jesus. I feel Father's agenda, and he's clarifying it further to me in worship is moving it from the focus from others to yourself, not, not in a wrong way, because in some ways we need to shift the focus from ourselves to others, amen? But what God can do, a shift from he does it through others to he can do it through me. And this morning was even about the fact that your pastors, myself, others won't go into your environment, but you're going there and God wants to do something through you. Did you receive the word today? But what he wants to do right now in the time that we've got together, this is what he spoke to me just before, actually in the men's room. He does a lot of speaking to me in the men's room. Um, don't limit where God can speak to you. I was walking through the park and I was talking to this old man that's a neighbor. He's 92 years of age. He's a... Uh, you know, been survived the war and the blitz in England, and he's seen a lot of things. He's not a believer. He's a neighbor of ours, and I bumped into him uh, yesterday or the day before. I can't remember, and just talking to him, and he started talking about, he calls me Steve the Good. He knows, another, he knows other Steves. He's nicknamed me Steve the Good. Oh, that's a good thing, I suppose. It's better than the alternative. <coughs> and talking, um, and he was saying God is good I said yep and he doesn't believe 
in God as such. But he mentioned to me he, um, that, and I was bubbling over about God talking to me. And he goes, God doesn't talk to me. And I said, maybe it's that you don't listen to him. Because he had just been talking about his dog who ran off and he was calling the dog back. And the dog didn't come back, so he severely rebuked the dog. And I said, did your dog hear you? Well, sorry, were you talking to your dog? Yeah. But the dog wasn't listening. And, and I said, maybe we're not listening more than God's not speaking and because we want to do our own thing. Sometimes we don't listen to God because he might say something that we don't want to do. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Sometimes ignorance is disobedience. And I feel the Lord speaking to me uh, in the worship side. And he said this afternoon, actually before in there, he said this afternoon is not about you people hearing through you guys prophesying. It's you, them actually being empowered to hear from God directly themselves. That's God's agenda today. You don't always have me on speed dial, but you've always got God living in you. And sometimes we rely more upon hearing God through others because we don't have the right theology and deep conviction that God lives in me and God wants to speak to me. And so I'm going to empower you to hear from God and Sally's going to empower you to hear from God. Is that it cool? Because that's what he wants to do. And so I'm going to get right into the word. I've got a few things I want to share, and Sally's going to share, and we'll just see what happens. But if you're going, oh, I thought they were just going to prophesy over us. No, we're going to empower you to hear from God yourselves. And that's God's agenda. And so I refuse to step out of alignment with God's agenda. Praise God. You good? Feel free to talk to me and engage with me. Thank you. Overwhelming. Um, if I'm going to empower you, if Sal's going to empower you to hear God speak, I want to start with uh, the theology of hearing God speak. The theology of hearing God speak. And let's just start with a question that many people ask, does God still speak today? Because you know there's many Christians don't believe he does. Uh, there's many parts of the body of Christ that don't believe he speaks today. He gave us the Bible. God speaks in the Bible. God doesn't speak today. The gifts aren't full today. And so let's just start with, does God speak today? Let me just pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll give clarity of minds to all of us. Lord, especially those that have had a big lunch and are bordering on a food coma right now. Let the Spirit of God awaken us all. Let there be a sense of fun and delight in your presence as the Word is spoken, as we're empowered. Even that, Lord, shift our thinking from have to have some sort of almost weird spooky thing when it comes to hearing God. Let it be just a natural conversation with the family today. We ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, that's said, amen, said amen. It didn't even make sense, but anyway. Okay, does God still speak today? Let me address this as we look at the theology of does God still speak? All that God does flows from who God is. God doesn't do anything that he is not that thing. Uh, it, it just simply can't be separated, what God does and who God is. 
Are you with me? I'm not always congruent. I don't always do what's congruent with who I truly am. Has anyone ever had times where you've done the wrong thing, you've said the wrong thing, you've maybe blown up at something that you shouldn't, and have you ever heard this phrase, man, they were sort of acted out of character, that's not who they normally are. We all sometimes have moments where that's not who we are. Not so good. Not so God. See, we need to understand this. This is, this is the foundation for the theology of hearing God speak. God loves because God is love. See, sometimes I love, sometimes I don't love because I'm not love. I'm, I'm not God. And sometimes I act in love, sometimes I don't. But God can't not act in love because he can't violate who he is. You need to hear this. You need to hear this. 1 John 4, verse 8 and verse 16 tells us God is love. God gives peace. Why? Because he is the Prince of Peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. That's who he is. Peace is not from God. Peace is an awareness of the presence of God. Everything God gives and does is not from him. It is him. When you feel God's love, you're not feeling love from God. You're feeling God. The presence of God is not from God. The presence of God is the presentness of God, the person of God. Are you with me? Is this making sense? Are you good? Good shout at me. Um, God gives joy because the Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy. Listen to what it says. In his presence, in his person, in who he is, there's fullness of joy. Joy does not come from God. Joy is found in God because God is joy. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the nature, the character of who God is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Come on. That's who he is. God speaks because God is the Word and the Word speaks. Does God still speak today? He can't not speak because it will violate who he is. Hey, I'm already happy. I feel this thing coming off pretty soon. Praise God. God is never inconsistent with who he is. You just need to get this. This itself shifts something, Hannah. This itself shifts something in our life. Because too many people say, I'm not sure God wants to speak to me. We need to understand God does not violate who he is and he is the word and the word speaks you saying i'm not sure god wants to speak to me is no different to saying i am not sure that god wants to love me they're not any different but we have a belief i'm not sure again based on who we are if you're not sure that god wants to speak to you it's because your focus is on you not on him our whole problem in life is when our focus is on us, not on God. Is this simple? This is life-giving. This is like, I feel life flowing right now. It shifts it. We need to shift. Never again say, I'm not sure God wants to speak to me. You never have a conviction God wants to speak to me. You don't go, I'm not sure if God wants to love me. I'm not sure if God wants to give me peace. No, God does want to give me peace. Come on. He promises in his word. God does want to love me, but God does want to speak. Why? Because God is the word and the word speaks. That's just what a word does. Mm. Let's go to the word. Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the word and he speaks. He hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. Huh. In the beginning, could have, come on, 
could have been called anything. In the beginning was the Word, a Word. Come on, it's a spoken Word, it's a written Word, but a Word speaks. Come on, come on, come on. In the beginning was the Word. Let me tell you who He is. He was in the beginning. The one that's same yesterday, today, and forever, He was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is the same Word that was involved with the Holy Spirit and the Father in creation, where in verse 3 it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. The God is the Word, is the Son. The Word said, because that's what words do. This is so simple. This is so simple. I feel like we're in spiritual kindergarten together today. The Word speaks because that's what words do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In John chapter 1, John 1 verse 14, the Word, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. How many people are with me so far that Jesus is the Word and the Word speaks and He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He spoke at creation. He spoke when He walked in the flesh and the blood on this earth and He still speaks today. Can I hear an amen? Next question. Did the Word stop speaking when Jesus left the earth? If Jesus is the Word and He no longer is on the earth, which just theologically he's not just in case you're wondering the bible says that he is now seated at the right hand of the father one day he will come again people go oh, i thought jesus lives in my heart no he doesn't the spirit of jesus the holy spirit do you not know that you're the dwelling place of the holy spirit jesus is at the right hand of the father they're both in heaven one day he's coming back again when the father says it's time to come but the word left the earth but the word didn't stop speaking so go with me to John chapter 16, verse 12 to 15. Uh, I want you to get this. Oh, I, I just feel almost like I need to dance and shout and scream and just uh, dance. Um, that's all you get. Okay, John 16, settle down. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be spiritual here. So John 16, verse 12. Okay, before you read it, before you read it, before you read it. This is Jesus talking, and he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the ones listening. He's talking to Don and Hannah, Steve, Sally, Laura, and everyone in this room today. Are you with me? I want you to get the words of Jesus. I have much more to say to you. Just stop right there. Okay. Think about what you're hearing. Jesus Christ says, I have much more to say. Why? Because I'm the word and I speak. That's what I do. Some of you think my, your wives, man, they just talk so much, or your husbands, you got no idea what it's like living with God. The Word speaks because that's what the Word does. But here's the beauty of Him. Here's the beauty of God. There's always creative power, not destructive power. Come on. There's nothing wrong with speaking. It's what comes out of our mouth and what is produced by what comes out of our mouth. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, more than you can actually handle right now. You need to understand when God veils, it's not because he's keeping something from you, but he actually knows where you are on your journey 
and he doesn't want to put something in front of you or on you that will actually derail you. Maybe God's silence is an act of his love in a moment. I'm just, if Jesus himself said, I've got much more to say, why didn't you just say it all? He goes, because I, I understand the bigger picture. More than you can now bear. Verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's the word. Are you with me? The spirit of the truth is the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Okay, when he comes, and notice he is the spirit of truth. Can I just say he's not just the spirit of grace, he's the spirit of truth. He's not just the spirit of acceptance, he's the spirit of truth. He's not just the spirit of whatever you want, you can create your own doctrine, you can create your own theology. Come on, church, we live in a time where truth has become so subjective, your truth is your truth. As even been said to Selena recently, that's your truth. Truth is not your truth, or truth is not my truth. Truth is who God is and what God declares about a thing. It doesn't have to be politically correct. It doesn't have to be tolerant. It has to be truth. Because the Bible says, no, the truth and the truth will set you free. When he, the spirit of truth, not a compromise of truth comes. There was a little side preach there. He will guide you into all the truth. Listen to what Jesus said. I've got much more to say, but I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to live in you and he will guide you, lead you into all the truth truth. Does God still speak today? You better believe it. He will not speak on his own. This is profound. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will actually glorify me. Why? Because he's not speaking on his own, but he glorifies me because it is from me, the word that he receives what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine, said Jesus. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me the Word, and he will make it known to you. This is profound. It is profound to me that the Holy Spirit does not speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Word, which is Jesus. And yet we've got many Christians that are speaking outside of what the Spirit's leading, but even the Holy Spirit doesn't speak unless he hears it from heaven. If it's good enough for the Spirit of God, it's good enough for the children of God. If the Spirit says, I know the order, I know the flow, I know where the life comes from, it doesn't come from what I want, it comes from what comes from the Word of God, because what the Word of God receives from the Father in heaven, there is a flow even to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, never in competition, but always resulting in life. I wonder what would happen if we didn't speak unless the Spirit spoke. I wonder what would happen if we never spoke to people unless it originates from heaven. I wonder if a lot of problems would be avoided if the Spirit of God was the one that was directing the people of God in the conversations with men. Does God still speak today? Everyone shout yes. Jesus spoke. He says, I've got much more. I'm going to actually put the Holy Spirit in you. He's just going to lead you into all the truth. He'll tell you of things yet to come. Come on, that means he hasn't stopped. 
I'm going to tell you of things to That's prophecy. Come on. This is, he's, he's, he's actually called the spirit of prophecy in another part, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus. Man, the Holy Spirit is not limited. He knows everything. Come on. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And for another time, it talks about the fact that we have the mind of Christ because the spirit seeks, searches the deep things of God and reveals it to man. This is beautiful. God wants to speak to you. Everyone say, God wants to speak to me. God speaks because God is the Word and the Word speaks. That's the theology of God speaking. There you go. Done? Got it? Never again. I'm not sure that God wants to speak. I'm sorry. He's the Word. That's what He does. There you go. Next time someone says, I'm not sure that God's... No, He's the Word. That's what He does. He can't not be who He is. The second thing I want to talk about is the purpose of hearing God speak. I've given you the theology. He speaks. (laughs) There you go. I probably could have... Just did that and be done with it. But, but I'm here to impart something deep into your spirit. God is the Word, and the Word speaks. Here's the purpose of hearing God speak. And I just want you to deeply lean in. I feel all of this so deeply in my spirit. don't know if you can receive that from me, but this is deep, calling to deep stuff here. Two purposes of hearing God speak that he spoke to me about. And this is stuff that he's just downloading to me first. The the first thing is this. The purpose of hearing God speak is a deepening relationship with God and his children. The first purpose of God speaking is to deepen the relationship he has with you. I I don't want you to gloss over this or trivialize this. Because we have reduced God speaking to God giving us instructions. And the Lord spoke to me and said, communication is primarily given for relationship, not instruction. And he said, communication is a doorway, not a destination. Communication is not the goal. In a happy marriage, the the primary purpose of communication is not to say words, but for two hearts to connect more deeply. The primary purpose of Sally and my communication is not instruction, but relationship. In fact, it would be a misuse and abuse of a relationship if the the primary purpose of communication was giving instructions. You'd have one person on that side of the equation that was feeling like all they do is tell me what to do. Come on. How much more our God? Jesus himself said in John 15, 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Listen to the language. That's all about instruction. A servant with a master is you follow instructions. He goes, that's, let's, let's finish that, please. Let's finish that, please. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, listen, listen, listen. I call you friends. What's the next bit? For everything that I learned, heard, received from my Father, I now make known to you. Because we're friends, I want to share my heart with you. That's the first purpose. We must never outgrow a deepening relationship with God. The greatest joy in my life is not speaking to you here publicly today, although I love it beyond I 
my words, I can't even articulate how much I love this, Don. But I tell you what I love more, me and my father walking together every day. Me sitting in the Word for hours at times, and he just downloads, and I just feel drawn towards, and I feel like layers are being pulled off my sight where I'm seeing in the Spirit more. I'm seeing what he means by this and means by that in the Word. I'm hearing his voice. I go for a walk with a pen and a pad in my pocket all the time because I expect God to speak because I'm his child and I know he likes to talk to me. I have an expectation that God speaks. My problem is I just can't keep up. I'm being honest with you. You might say, I wish I had that. Well, keep on listening. I believe we can empower you in the rest of our time here today. That's the first thing, a deepening relationship. But here's the second thing, and I think this is where we have got derailed. The first purpose of God speaking is actually to deepen our relationship. Second purpose is to hear what's on God's heart. You might go, of course, no. We primarily communicate with God to hear what's, for him to hear what's on our heart. for us to tell him what we want. Let let me just unpack this. Are you with me, church? Revelation 2, verse 7, and you can see this repeated seven times in Revelation 2 or 3. You've heard the words possibly before. Whoever has ears, whoever listens, whoever leans in, come on. Let them hear what the Spirit says, what the Spirit wants to say. To the churches. And then it says, To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. How many people want that? Come on. I want that. To the one who is victorious. In the context, part of the context I feel in this moment is he is victorious over this this gravitational pull towards you making your conversation with God based around what you want to hear more than what God wants to say. Whoever has ears, come on, listen to what the Spirit is saying. Oh, what would happen if we shift the focus of our hearing from God? From God, I've got this problem. Would you give me an answer to God? I want to hear what's on your heart. I want to hear what you're saying. What's your agenda for the church? Come on, how do you view things in the world? How do you see this person? How do you see that person? What would happen if we actually heard what was on God's heart? 1 Samuel 3 verse 10. Young Samuel, serving the Lord in the temple, didn't really know God at this stage, but he said in verse 10 of 1 Samuel 3, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. I I can tell you right now, this would be a great posture for us to shift. The prayer is not me coming to God and me just talking nonstop. What would happen if we go, speak, I'm listening. You want to hear God? Listen. Uh, We need to listen. Who has ears to hear, let them hear, lean and listen. Even James, he gives us two ears and one mouth. Maybe that's for prayer as much as it is for anything else. Do you know the prayers that God answers? Mm, mm, mm. The prayers that God answers are the prayers that God authors. If the prayer originates from us and is about what we want and it's all about us, 
It's not my will, it's you'll be done. So if I know what's on God's heart because I'm hearing what's on God's heart, and then I pray in agreement with what God authors, God does something. The purpose of hearing God is deep in your relationship and to hear what's on God's heart. This is a couple of statements he said to me before I give the next one, and then I'm going to let Sally loose for a bit here as well. Here's a statement. You want to put this down? And you can go to, back to your math and do the greater than sign. Everyone know the greater than sign? Here you go. Revelation, greater than confirmation. Hmm. Some of you just need to receive that as a word right now. Revelation from God. God pulling back the veil on what he wants to say to you is much better than us seeking God for confirmation on the questions and the things that we want to know. And I think that we've got to be careful because I think we have reduced prophecy to one of two things that God wants to do. But to me, it's the lesser thing, not the greater thing. Let me explain what I'm saying. The Bible has so many times where people didn't know what to do, so they asked God, do we do this? Do we not do this? Do we, you know, the kings in the Old Testament, do we go out to war? Do we fight this battle? And they sought the prophet, and the prophet heard from God, and they said, yeah, go, or no, don't go. And whenever they did that, um, the victory followed their obedience. So God wants to confirm. Can I hear an amen? Come on, and all your ways acknowledge him. He goes, I'll direct your path. If you lack wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to you liberally, James. So the Bible says that God wants to confirm. You're thinking, I'm not sure if I, do I do this job, that job? Do I move here? Do I do, 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 I do this ministry? And sometimes we look for the prophetic to bring confirmation to what we're asking. Is that good? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Is it biblical? Yes. But if that's what we have reduced prophecy to, we're missing out on some delights from heaven that we've never explored. It is great to get confirmation on the questions and the decisions we're asking, but it is even better to come to God with a clean slate, with a blank piece of paper and say, God, speak. I'm listening right now. What's on your heart? And then we listen for revelation from heaven, and he starts to talk to you about something that you have no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has ever conceived, and he starts to plan something into you but starts in the seed form and the Spirit of God breathes upon it and fast forward years later you are living and flourishing in something that God is doing through you that was birthed in a moment where you had divine revelation because you weren't seeking confirmation you wanted to know what was on God's heart not just Him to confirm what's on your heart shift we need to believe number one God speaks but we need to shift the reason God speaks Deepening relationship and for us to hear what's on his heart. We don't always hear what God wants to say because we are so focused on hearing what we want to hear. That right there will shift it. That right there will shift it. Jesus modeled it when he said, not my will, yours be done. Not my will. Next thing I want to say the theology of prayer god speaks because god is the word and the word speaks you got it the purpose of hearing god number one deepening relationship not about instructions but about relationships and number two is the fact that 
The purpose is about hearing what God wants to say, not what I want to hear. That there, as soon as I said that, the Holy Spirit said, that is deeper than some of you are realizing right now. That's what he's saying, isn't it, Sally? It's, it's, it, that is deeper. Some of you need to meditate this week on that one statement. Do I want to just hear what I want to hear? Or do I want to hear what God wants to say? Because they're not always the same. We ask from the place of our knowledge, our understanding, our natural reality. God speaks from his eternal, omniscient place of knowing what is best. So if our asking is only from the place of our understanding and what we know, then we're missing out a whole bunch that God wants to reveal where he wants to pull back the veil and let me show you great and mighty things, things that you have not yet imagined. Some of you do that this week. Blank piece of paper. Sit there, God, what's on your heart? And just listen. I can tell you right now, you're going to be amazed. And this is what you do when he does that. And I'm going, oh, this is a holy moment right now. When he drops something into your heart, don't go, okay, that's nice, and then move on. Okay, God, you're showing me that. Well, what do you want to say about it? What do, you, what do you want to show me? Then listen more. And as it starts to unfold, go with God in a conversation of where he wants to take you. So, Father, what do you want me to do with that? And you get prompted to pray or to ring someone or to do something. Then do it. You might have this whole conversation that results in an action that changes something in the spirit realm. Or from you going, God, what's on your heart right now? And don't base it on what you see results-wise. Don't, mm, okay. Don't make the results of hearing from God greater than the privilege of hearing from God. We live in a time where everything's results-based. Business, come on, KPIs, bottom line. The bottom line is the bottom line. Is how efficient can we do it? God spoke to me a couple of years ago and said, when it comes to intimacy with God, efficiency is the enemy of intimacy. How quickly you can get it done is your enemy when it comes to you and God. But also results is the enemy. If you hear God speak and, you're, and, and it's automatically, okay, what do I do with that? How about you just sit in the fact that God's speaking to you? My greatest delight is not what I do with what God says, but the fact that God says something. It's, it's true. And we've got to be careful. Mm, I'm stepping on sacred cows, but what the heck. They need to be stood on. Uh, uh, let me take a drink and pause. Listen to the wisdom of God. I've read the books I'm preaching. That say, this is how you preach, and make sure you end up in application. I've seen the prayer things where you've got to make sure you have the application. I'd just like to say, while God will often end up getting us to do something out of what he's spoken, if it becomes about the application, we miss out on the intimacy and the privilege and the joy of the moment. Sometimes there's a sitting with what God is saying and doing is greater than any outcome that we could produce. 
and don't measure the significance and even the success of your hearing from God based on what you do with it. Sally and I have had some incredible times of communication where we're just intimate with each other's heart and just talking and all that sort of stuff. There are no action points. There are no plans that come out of it. But I tell you right now, out of the hour, out of the two hours that we're just spit checking, we feel like our hearts are drawn closer together. Why can't that be the outcome? Why can't that be the action point? Why can't that be the goal? Rather than using God to accomplish something and calling it kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Anyone receiving anything? Last thing I want to say here is the greatest ingredient of hearing God speak. I'm going to give it to you right now, and I'm only going to take a few minutes and then sell you up. But I want you to hear this. People ask me all the time, how do I hear from God? How do I hear from God? And there's lots of things I could say. But let me quote A.W. Tozer for a moment. He said, how tragic that in this evil day, we have had our seeking done for us by our teachers. God said to me, you can increase knowledge by being taught, but you can increase intimacy only by personally seeking after. The Bible says, if you seek me, Jeremiah, then you will find me, not if you're taught about me. Are you hearing me? If your greatest desire is to be taught by someone else, you'll miss out on the depth of what God has for you. The greatest ingredient of hearing God speak. I could give you a formula. I could give you things. I'm not going to give you that night. If you really want to hear God speak, lean into what I've been saying. Create space just to listen to God. But here is my number one main thing. And some of you, when you hear it, go, yeah, okay, I got that. Give me the ABCs. I am. I'm giving you the ABC all the way through to Z. Know God's word. Know God's word. Why? <laughs> because God is the word and the word speaks. Meditate on God's word. The primary way that God speaks is in his word. But so many people aren't in God's word. They just want to hear from a person. Give me a word. And I feel the heart of God is grieved many times because we're going to people to get from God what God says, how about you come and sit with me for a while in the word. Not to read the Bible, not to fulfill your plan, but actually to sit and to meditate and to have a conversation with me where I share my heart with you. The Bible says in Psalm 1, blessed is the person who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But that blessed person is one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God, and meditates on it day and night. It's not once in a day, once in a night. This is a continual thing. That person. Everyone say that person. Everyone say that person. One more time, shout at me, that person. That person who is blessed, who delights in God's word continually, is like the tree that is planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in season. Who wants to be fruitful? Whose leaf does not wither. How many people want that? And whatever you do prospers. You want that? Great. Then delight in God's word. Meditate on God's word. But no, Steve, just give me a word. I, I, I just have. Read God's word. Meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word. The word meditate means 
See, we've reduced meditate to think on. It doesn't mean that. If you go to the Hebrew, uh, and I've got th- about nine things there from the original, three of them have got to do with thinking, six of them have got to do with speaking. Did you know that? When it comes to meditate on God's word, it doesn't mean just think it. If you just, watch this, watch this, watch this. There's about to be a mind shift. Are you ready? If you just think it, and the enemy's throwing fiery darts, you've got this tennis backwards and forwards confusion. But the moment you speak something out of your mouth, life and death is in the power of your tongue. You interrupt this, you create with this. The word meditate, listen, means to ponder, to imagine, to mutter, to roar, to speak, to study, to talk, and to utter. It's much more about what comes out of here than what's happening in here. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind, but the creative power is what comes out of your tongue. Come on, prophesy, young man. Prophesy, young woman, because your life and death is in the power of your tongue. Remember, God is the word. The word speaks. And I felt God say to me some time back, give me some word to work with. I want to hear you. I want to hear you, God. I'm praying about this. I need to hear you. God goes, well, give me some word to work with. I encourage you to be people who sit in God's Word. And don't read God's Word. Let God's Word read you. Let it be about sitting. I, I've told Sally this before. I've, I love the Word. I could, it's my primary place where I hear God speak. I meditate all the time. And I don't follow the plans, no disrespect to them, but for me it doesn't work because then I realize I'm, my focus is about making sure I finish the plan. I want to get through it, so I make sure I get through the three chapters. Even if I have to speed read it, at least I get it done. Praise God. Big tick. You go, Steve McCracken. I leave the room. Might as well have been reading the encyclopedia because I just got it done. But there's been times, man, I, I just, God, where do you want me going? And I, I want you to just sit in the book of Ephesians. So I go to the book of Ephesians, and there's been times my focus is, God, I'm ready to hear from you. I'm ready to engage your heart. My focus is not to read words on a page, but to actually connect with the Word, the living Word, the living Word through the Holy Spirit. And I know God's going to speak, and I read till He speaks, and then I don't move on till He says move on. I have literally spent weeks in one verse because God is going rich, deep, and deep like that. And from there, it just he, he, he goes, and this is my last thing, uh, memorize, meditate on God's Word, but memorize God's Word. Memorize God's Word. Memorize God's Word. You might say, I don't know how to do that. I, I can't do that. I'm not very good. My wife can testify. I forget everything. My memory is shocking. Anything natural, I can't tell you. I can read a book. You go, what was it about? I say, I have no idea. It was great, but I can't tell you a single thing. But I can tell you right now, I have memorized so much of God's Word because my heart and my hunger was God. I need to know your Word. Psalm 119, 11, I have stored your Word. I have hidden your Word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I will not do the wrong thing in the moment because the Spirit of God will bring back to my memory what I have put in. God said to me years ago, I will not bring back to your memory, Steve, what you have not stored up in your heart. So you get my Word in your heart and then when you need it, like Jesus in Matthew 4, verse 4, 7 and 10, when He's in the wilderness with the enemy coming against Him, He goes, it is written, it is written, it is written. Not because He was a Son of God and He supernaturally knew the Word, but He was at 
the age of 12 and at the age of 13 he was memorizing the Torah that's what they did they got it on the inside and when you need to hear something the spirit can go boom pull that out there pull that scripture out there best thing you do to hear God speak is know the word by meditating on it and by memorizing give God some word to work with the amount of times when I speak, spend weeks in one verse, it's because as, he, as, as I'm just sitting there, he bang, he starts to speak, to, he hones me on something, and then he, and he just flashes before my eyes other scriptures that are connected to that. And so I go to that, and that goes to this, and that goes to that, and God paints this beautiful picture. And many times I do nothing from it. But man, the depth of my closeness with God is just, just going deeper. God spoke to me a little while ago and said, not everything in the place of intimacy should be shared publicly. There's some things in a marriage that should stay within a marriage. It's not because it's wrong. It's because it's intimate between the husband and a wife. And we don't go and just talk about all that. That's not right. And the same with God. We Sometimes we think if I hear something, I've got to do something with it, and I've got to tell someone. Sometimes God says, can we just have some heart-to-heart right now? And maybe no one else will ever hear this profound revelation. But man, in that moment of intimacy, you and I went deeper and deeper. I want to tell you, I've got so many things in my journals. I've never even told my wife that God has shared with me. Not because I'm holding out, but not everything is to be shared. The moment is the moment with me and God where we go deeper and deeper and deeper. That's the reason why God wants to speak to people. But I can't do it for you. You do it for yourself. God said to me, if you can get them to fall in love with my word, the rest will take care of itself. So that's the theology of worship. God speaks because God is the Word and the Word speaks. The purpose, so that I can go deeper in intimacy with God. And so that I can hear what the Spirit's saying, not just Him, that revelation is greater than confirmation. And the greatest way to do it, the greatest ingredient, God's Word. No God's Word. Stop having the conversation here, go to God's Word. Stop asking other people, what do you think God says about this? No, God, what do you say? What do you say in your word? I'm going to go to your word. Come on, there's so many search things. There's so many things. There's the there's the Strong's. There's the concordances. There's the Hebrew. There's Greek. Where it brings context to it. It's but don't do a study for the sake of increasing knowledge. Do a study for the sake of increasing intimacy. Shift from knowledge to intimacy. From learning to intimacy, shift it to intimacy. From confirmation to intimacy in Jesus' mighty name. Batter up. Come on, prophet. Take your time, go for it. Amen. Wow, I could just meditate in that for a long time. How about you? Yeah. God is the word and the word speaks. We need to have such confidence in that. God is the word and the word speaks. I could just preach what he just preached. Would that be good? Actually, you know what? God just said something to me right then both for what we hear on a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon or our podcasts or what God speaks in the Word. You can tell when it's inside you when you're able to share it with someone else. We should be able to share the essence of God's Word with someone else. We should know what God's saying to us, not just for that personal revelation. 
But we should be receiving the word. We should be receiving what we've heard today in such a way that it goes so deep in our spirit that we can literally just stand up and speak that again. And that is through the power of the Holy Spirit, but that also comes from our expectation, doesn't it? It comes from our expectation. That expectation breeds a hunger that our spirit is then ready to receive. We have that soil ready to receive. Amen. I'm just saying amen to that. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I'm privileged to hear, hear Steve all the time, but I have to say it is always new and fresh. It doesn't matter if I've heard one statement or half of what he's said or most and he doesn't often repeat himself because it's always fresh but it's always fresh to me and this is not even what I've got here but I just feel God saying his word has always got to be fresh to us we've got to come to his word to hear with an expectation and a hunger that he has something fresh to say to us because he does I just want to lean into one scripture that I felt the Lord share with me and Steve and I do not um pre-prepare what we're saying in terms of you say this and I'll say this if the Lord prompts me to say something then yes Steve just gives me the freedom to share that but I'm just believing this will really just feed further into what Steve has shared with us I want to read from Psalm 25 verse 14 and it says the Lord confides in those who fear him the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. I just want to lean into this scripture because God is the word and the word speaks and God can speak to anyone, anywhere, at any time. He can speak whether you're saved, he can speak whether you're a sinner, he can speak, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, you might be a king, a servant, you might be a chef or a teacher, It doesn't matter. God can choose to speak to anyone, anywhere. He did it in the Bible. He does it today. God will and he can speak to anyone, anywhere, regardless of our relationship with him. But there is also another level. Because it says the Lord confides in those who fear him. And just like we have relationships and even many acquaintances, there's only certain people we confide in. There's only certain people that we will tell the intimate secrets of our heart. And in fact, that verse, if you look at the King James Version, it doesn't say confides, it says the secret of the Lord. The secrets of the Lord is with those who fear him. And so there's a level of confidence that we can actually step into in our relationship with God. God is the word and the word speaks. But as believers, as followers of Christ, we can actually be taken into his confidence. We should actually expect that the Lord would confide in us his secrets, his mysteries, his revelations. Now that's another that's a whole nother level than just, yeah, the word is gonna speak, but what mysteries are you gonna speak to me, Lord? But there is a condition there. It says the Lord confides in those who fear him. In those who fear him. What does it mean to fear the Lord? We actually see that phrase quite a few times throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. If you go back two verses before that. In Psalm 25, verse 12, it says, Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. 
Who are those who fear the Lord? It's those who listen to the instruction of the Lord. It says in Psalm 128 verse 1, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. The fear of the Lord is not just the reverent awe of the Lord. Now it is that, it totally is that. The fear of the Lord is reverence towards him, towards all his glory and his majesty. It's the honour of him. It's, it's the awe at his majesty. It totally is that. But it's not just that. Because if it was just that, it would be like a little kid who comes running to mummy and daddy. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Can I have 20 bucks? Bye. Do this, Johnny. No, I don't want to do that. It's not just the love of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not just the emotion of reverence or even the expression of our praise verbally. Both those things are super important. But it's actually the action of obedience. The fear of the Lord results in obedience. And so simply put, the Lord actually confides those who obey him. You want a practical tip to hear in the Lord? obedience when God says go go when God says give give when God says pray for that person outside the supermarket pray for them but we complicate it because we think this is only for special people like prophets but did you know we're all actually called to live a prophetic life now you might wonder what I'm talking about all can desire the gift of prophecy. doesn't mean everyone will have it. But my father-in-law, David McCracken, has a very good explanation of what it means to live a prophetic life. And it's simply this. Hear clearly and obey boldly. If you do that, you will live a prophetic life. Because every time you hear, whether it's from the word, from the spirit prompting you, and you obey, you are empowering yourself to hear clearer the next time. You see, we often want understanding before we get obedience. We want to understand before we obey. But in fact, you have to obey and then the understanding comes. Because it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs 9.10. How do you get wisdom? You obey. And then you understand. How do you get revelation? You obey. What does it say in Ephesians 1 when Paul's praying for the church? I pray that you would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom to obey and then the revelation to hear. We want it the other way around. We want to hear the revelation and then we go, oh, once I understand everything, I'll obey God. When God says, I don't want you to take that job promotion, and you say, but I don't understand why. So do we obey? Or do we wait until we receive the revelation of why? You see, every time we do that, we actually hinder ourselves hearing from the Lord because the Lord confides in those who hear him and fear him. It's like Abraham when he was asked to offer his son Isaac. 
Talk about a not understanding moment. But God, you said I was going to be the father of a great nation. How can I be the father if you're asking me to sacrifice my son? No, Abraham just said, I will obey. I will trust. And the same has to be true for us. The, f- the fear of the Lord has to result in action in terms of obedience. And when we do that, we consistently begin to walk in a place of wisdom and revelation. The more we obey, the more we will hear. The more we hear, the more we will obey. And we become those who the Lord confides in. You know, the biggest thing in the world today is we see that there is no fear of the Lord in the world. What should the church be defined by? You think about how some of the men and women in the Bible were described. They were described as God-fearing. God-fearing men and women. And the simplicity of obeying is simply that. Wisdom and revelation. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to receive more revelation? Obey more. You want to hear the Lord more? Obey more. If you want to hear the Lord, then you need to fear the Lord. If you want to receive more of his revelation, then you need to obey more of his commands. And I'm not just talking about what's clear in the word because it is very clear in the word. And a lot of times we get those big ones right. Okay, we go, oh yeah, I'm not doing that or I'm, you know, I'm not stealing from my neighbour or I'm not doing that. But there's a lot of ones in there that we can struggle with when God says to forgive that person or when God says give to something and our finances are already stretched. When God says go somewhere and we really don't want to go. And oftentimes it's not just about doing something, it's the not doing something. It's the staying silent when God says don't speak or don't share that piece of information. It's turning off that TV program when God says, I don't want you to watch that. It's throwing that book out. It's not checking out that piece of gossip. Every time we do that, every time we obey the Holy Spirit prompting, we are reinforcing that intimate relationship with God. And that's who the Lord confides with. It says in Proverbs 3.32, the Lord takes the upright into his confidence. I don't know about you, but I want to be one who's in a place of confidence with the Lord. I want to be in his confidence and also have confidence that I am in right standing with the Lord. And that's what brings glory to the Father because then we're reflecting who he is. We're reflecting his love. We're reflecting his compassion and mercy, but we're also reflecting his truth. We're reflecting his power. And you see it in Acts. You see, you know, the miracles that happened was because they were obeying and they were fearing the Lord. And the Lord takes the upright into his confidence. And I want to encourage us all today that that's a place that we can all sit in. That's a place that we can all sit in. That's not reserved for special people. It's not reserved just for prophets or people who receive a word of knowledge or people with a special gift. That is for everyone. It's actually a promise. 
It's a promise. It says the Lord takes the upright into his confidence. I just think that's a beautiful promise. I just want to finish on the last thing, which is let's not be believers who are seeking the next revelation when we haven't obeyed the previous command. Let's not be believers who are seeking the next revelation when we haven't obeyed the previous command. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I believe God is sending a challenge today on what is his command to you that you know in your heart that you've potentially been avoiding. Are there some things in your life that Father is saying, what have I asked you to do? Let's not seek the next big wonderful revelation before we've obeyed the previous command. Let's actually come to him with that blank piece of paper so that he doesn't have to take us back again to what he said before. You know, I've heard a number of times Steve has shared prophetic words with people and that's true about his memory. He does have a bad memory to the point that when we've been back to churches numerous times in a row, he's given people literally exactly the same prophetic word. And I can testify to how much integrity Steve has. He does not remember it and go, I think I'll give this again because I think it was spot on last time. Steve has no idea what he said before. And I've heard people say to him, you gave me exactly the same word last year. And Steve's reply to them, and what did you do with that word? What did you do with that word? What have you done with the word that God has spoken through his word? What have you done with the word perhaps that has been given to you through a prophet or someone who is prophetic? Are there words there that you have ignored or delayed? You want his revelation? Obedience. If you want to hear the Lord, then let's be believers who fear the Lord. Amen. I'm going to hand back to Steve. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, We would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.